You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. I want to talk about the word identification. Now, it has many meanings, and initially it's I love how the dictionary defines a word by the word you're trying to look up, like identification is to identify. Well, you know, if you don't know what identify is, you're in deep trouble. So one is very simple. Oh, that's Mary blah, blah, or that's Tom blah, blah, meaning we identify who you are. Um, I saw that person steal that car and it was a male five foot foot ten that's identification but the one I want to talk about today is a concept of relating to or sharing qualities and in doing so feeling oh I'm not alone and oh I'm not crazy somebody else feels this way so when we identify with someone else it means somebody risks talking about something, and usually it's personal. And then somebody else in the room says, oh, yeah, I feel that way too, or I, I can identify with you. Uh, so it's sharing traits or qualities. So you know how I hate labels, but the first step, I think, in any kind of recovery from something that you may think is not a good quality that you have would be to identify with somebody else. And so today you hear today you hear a lot about people that have trauma or people say, well, I have anxiety and depression. And uh, half the people in the room say, oh, yeah, I do too. Well, they're all identifying with one another. And we've talked about how global those terms are. Back in the late 70s, there were people that were beginning to talk about the effects of alcohol on other members of the family who may not be the alcoholic. Now, that was not the focus. In the 70s, it was mainly the focus of the alcoholic and how do we get him usually help because most of the clients were hims, a few females, but uh, many books were beginning to be written. And there was a couple that made a whole lot of money, California, and, uh, well, in the in America, but... And one, his name was Ray Kroc, and her name was Joan, his third wife. It turned out later in the uh, late 70s and 80s, Ray had a problem with alcohol. And in fact, Joan almost divorced him at one point. But he's the gentleman who made McDonald's an everyday word. The Golden Arches uh, were a fortune, and you can see his life story in a movie recently done, uh, maybe four years ago, called The Founder. And it tells about his rise to fame and his millions that he made. And uh, he had the idea to franchise this little operation that was happening in a very small corner of the world. So he made millions, and his wife, Joan, gave millions away. Now, what does that have to do with identification? Because of his alcohol problem, she began wondering if there were doctors and people that might be able to help 
demystify this thing called alcoholism that was, of course, not popular to talk about in the late 70s. So she began, I love it, she um, founded a an operation called Operation Cork, which, you know, put the cork back in the bottle. That's one meaning of it. But another one is Operation Cork, meaning his last name spelled backwards, or their last name spelled backwards. So she assembled a number of professionals uh, to try to help figure out what to do about alcoholism and, and kind of brought it into... I wouldn't say an acceptable term, but it wasn't something that only the dregs of society had to deal with. So, in addition, she heard and read about 20 professionals that were um, talking about how other people's alcoholism, or the way they used alcohol, impacted other members of the family and especially impacted the children. So she invited these 20 professionals to come to her ranch in Southern California and said, you know, I don't quite know what y'all are talking about, but I think it's important. And so would you gather together and talk to each other? They did. And out of that came the National Association for Children of Alcoholics. And that organization is still going strong today. It's moved its headquarters from Southern California to D.C. area. But um, it was her philanthropy efforts that got these people together. And that was in the late 70s. In about 1981, books began being published uh, that had to do with uh, the effects of someone else's drinking on children and wives, jobs, etc. And one of those books, in fact, it was the first book written on adult children of alcoholics. And it was written by Janet Geringer Wowitz. Janet Janet Geringer Wowitz was working on her PhD when she started writing this book. And she was to speak on that subject at a conference in Washington State. And there was another gentleman, Gary Seidler, who had a small co-ownership of a publishing house in Florida. And he went to this conference as well. And as serendipity would have it, or the universe would have it, or God would have it, guess what? Their bags got lost. And so they found themselves visiting with whoever the airline was, trying to find their bags. And so they began chatting. And he said, well, what are you doing in the area? And she said, well, I'm giving a talk at this conference. Oh, what's it on? Well, adult children of alcoholics. Well, really, what is that? Who are they? Well, they're people who are adults now, but they grew up in homes where there was an alcohol problem. And alcoholism, or the way someone drank, impacted their lives. He said, well, interesting. So he attended her workshop. And then he went to her and said, huh, I have a small publishing company. Would you like to publish this book? We'd like to publish it for you. And she said, why, yes. And so in 1985, 
a small little book called Adult Children of Alcoholics was, in fact, published, and it turned publishing world on its ear. In those days, there was no internet. There was no way to publish a book, and people who self-published a book were looked down upon. And so here was this little book that went, you know, came out of nowhere, and it zoomed up to the New York Times bestseller list, and it stayed there for week after week after week. The publishing houses said, who is this publishing house called Health Communications? Who are they? They're not any big house. How do we know about them? And then the agents were saying, who is this author and who is her agent? And what had happened, as fate would have it, is it had tapped this, these two unsuspecting people standing at the baggage claim, had collaborated, and this book struck a nerve with the general population, and it began flying off of bookshelves. And if you don't have a copy, find one, because it's, um, it'll be a classic one day, and it's still in print, and in it, she lists 13 characteristics of adult children of alcoholics. Now, you know how I hate labels, but when the people picked this book up and they began looking at the labels or the symptoms or the characteristics, call it what you want, these 13 characteristics, they began to identify. Oh, wow, wow, yeah, I think like that. Oh, yeah, that describes me too. And the first step in recovery was happening. I'm identifying, and by saying that, I'm not alone, and I'm not crazy. So the secrets I've been keeping in reading this, it's like, oh, well, somebody else is talking about this. And let me name these 13 characteristics. And if you grew up in an alcoholic home, or a home where you don't want to say one of your parents was alcoholic, but one of them drank a lot, you might identify with some of these characteristics. Number one, Adult children of alcoholics guess at what normal behavior is. Two, adult children of alcoholics have difficulty following a project through from beginning to end. Three, adult children of alcoholics lie when it would be easier to tell the truth. Four, adult children of alcoholics judge themselves without mercy. Five, adult children of alcoholics have difficulty having fun. Six, adult children of alcoholics take themselves very seriously. Seven, Adult children of alcoholics have difficulty with intimate relationships. Adult children of alcoholics overreact to changes over which they have no control. Adult children of alcoholics constantly seek approval and affirmation. Adult children of alcoholics usually feel that they are different from other people. Adult children of alcoholics are super responsible or super irresponsible. Adult children of alcoholics are extremely loyal, even in the face of evidence that the loyalty is undeserved. Adult children of alcoholics are impulsive. They tend to lock themselves into a course of action without giving serious consequences or consideration to alternative behaviors or the possible consequences. This impulsivity leads to confusion, self-loathing, and the loss of control over their environment. In addition, Lord, if that's not enough, in addition, they spend an excessive amount of energy cleaning up the mess. You don't have to qualify for all of those, but you may be able to identify with some of them. That was the first list. 
She goes on in her book to explain each one of them. She also wrote a second book called um, about relationships. What was the name of it? Um, uh, I can't think of it right now. But her second book is about the myths of relationships that adult children have and hold. So then book after book after book began coming out with other characteristics of people from homes where there may have been trauma. And that the word trauma was beginning to be used in the late 70s and early 80s. And today we use it almost exclusively, but it's it um, children who grow up in alcoholic homes have post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, so what ended up happening, aside from many of these books being written, other people began looking at that list and said, well, I didn't grow up in a home with alcohol. That wasn't a problem. But I share a lot of those characteristics. Well, today what we know is any trauma will do. It doesn't have to just be alcohol. So when you grow up in a home where um, there may have been some painful things happening, then it helps shape you and not necessarily in a um, positive way. So it's not that you were hurt so much. It's not the pain from childhood that wounded you as much as the ways that you discovered or the ways you were taught overtly and covertly, on how to avoid the pain. See, our defenses or our solutions can become the problem, very much like way your immune system begins to become overactive under the stress of allergies, even so much that maybe you develop asthma. So let me say that again. It's not so much the pain you experienced in childhood that wounds you, but the ways you finally became aware of or you used these ways, these solutions or these defenses to relieve the pain or avoid the pain. And sometimes you did that because you were taught to. Sometimes you did that instinctively. A few of those other characteristics that you might can identify come from a book called Guide to Recovery, a book for adult children of alcoholics. And that's by Herb Gravitz and Julie Bowden. And a few of those characteristics, they will name um, five basic ones and then <clears throat> other characteristics that uh, they add. And it, it's some of the same that Janet did, except it's posed in a little different way so that um, you might be able to identify. One is uh, one that I remember identifying with because I too uh, grew up in an alcoholic home was um, adult children's feelings and thinking are fused. And not only did I want to avoid feeling, but I thought that if I had a feeling, I had to take action right then. And so it was a great freedom when I was able to have a feeling and then not have to immediately go into some sort of solution or resolution of it, but to just let the feeling kind of float through. So 
their five characteristics of adult children is number one, uh, and a most central issue, they say, is the need to control. The need to control so you will be safe. A second issue they identified is this distrust, general distrust. And it's not difficult to know, you know, why that occurred. But, and then the, the third core characteristic that Bowen, Bowden and um, Gravitz mention is the avoidance of feelings. Uh, you don't know what to do with them. So, and if you think you've got to do something about them right then, uh, it's like, well, let's just not have them. Uh, they will, they're ACOAs or adult children of alcoholics are taught at a very early age that um, hide your feelings. Another characteristic that they identified is the sense of over-responsibility. They need to take care of things that also feeds into their control, or they need to somehow take uh, be good so they don't cause any more trouble. And that comes from children are very self-centered. I mean, they have to learn that the world doesn't resolve, revolve around them. So as little ones, when something happens, they just assume that it's their fault. Okay, another characteristic is um, they ignore their own needs. See, they're so focused on watching the other people and reading cues and body language that they don't focus on what they need. And many times with the people that I've worked with, they will say that they knew their mother and their father had way too much on their plates. And so a message they basically told themselves is don't don't have any needs because they can't handle you needing anything. So just don't have any. Um, in addition to those five characteristics, there's another characteristic of adult children of alcoholics that they identified, and that's this all or nothing, black or white, either or thinking. There's no gray. It's just all or nothing, either or, black or white. Another is a fancy $5 Psycho Bible word is um, ACOAs, dissociate. That means they split off from what's actually happening and... Um, it's kind of an emotional amnesia, or really anesthesia. They go into pretending, or dreaming, or magical thinking, um, spacing out, uh, in a fog, some sort of trance, and it's a way of escaping when they really can't just go to the door and say, you know, you people are idiots, I'm leaving. Um, another characteristic is a tendency for adult children raised in chaotic environments to become adrenaline junkies. They love the drama. And um, all of these lead to the adult child's concept of very low self-esteem. So if you identified with any of that, there are many books that are very helpful. Many of them are old because not too many people besides Claudia Black have been writing about adult children in the last 20 years. But I happened to come into the field of addiction treatment when this was all occurring, and it saved my life. So 
just Google adult children of alcoholics um, and some of the authors' names that I've given here, Claudia Black, Janet Geringer, Woitz, W-O-I-T-I-T-Z. Claudia's written tons of books, but her very early books on ACOAs and children of alcoholics um, are small books. Some of her her later books are pretty complicated, and I wouldn't start there. I'd start simple and then work up. And then um, there are adult children of alcoholics meetings. They come under the heading of Al-Anon, which I think is just hysterical because traditionally the alcoholic was the father, the male, and the Al-Anon or the codependent was the mother. And when ACOA was born, it it came out of another 12-step program. It was like, well, okay, what do we do with the kids? Oh, well, we give them to the mother. So it fell under Al-Anon. And um, Alateen falls under Al-Anon. And um, it kind of representative of the way life looked in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. You can always call me at Fresh Out of Plans or email me. I work with a lot of adult children of alcoholics. I have an online program that is a three-month program that helps you through a lot of the coping mechanisms and old ideas that have kept people stuck from their childhood. And um, it's been very transforming to a lot of people who've taken it. So go to freshoutofplans.com and see what I'm offering. Uh, Contact me individually and begin your journey of recovery. The original child that you were that got kind of mutated by life and life circumstances and rediscover who that precious child was that came from the Creator to this planet. I think you'll be glad to find her or him again. Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist, where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.